0: welcome to this week's episode of leader to leader we're talking with uwf's own alumni ron jackson he is the past president of salt marsh cleveland and Gunn from 1990 to 2015. insights into what great leaders do how they communicate and mostly tips for for those future leaders that are up and coming. Take a listen to his insights, learn, and enjoy the conversation between Dean Rick Fountain and Ron Jackson.
1: Ron, you'll be so pleased the next time you're able to be on campus that our new leadership team, the the new chairs, and it's not any reflection on the other folks, but I, I, I see a more external operation where the dean is out cultivating the. Um, trying to uh, get stakeholders more invested, not just as donors, but as curriculum advisors, things like that. So, um, Ellie does a super job. And I think one of the skills she has is to try to rein me in. We will have seven or eight or 10 initiatives. You you were on the selection committee and the the list of responsibilities the provost put on my page. I just had my annual review. He said, man, that's a lot of different uh, goals you have. And I said, well, that's what, those are the ones you gave me. <laughs> I think that um, it gets easy to I love coming to work every day and I'm so uh, humbled to have this opportunity. But um, we have we have a whole team over here of leaders. I don't have any doubt that people that we have in different jobs can take over and lead any project we're doing. And I think that's the goal. I think that's like a proud father. I see Ron nodding, and you look at the people you brought along in your firm and you've mentored, is you didn't hire, hire those folks and move them into opportunities to lead because you thought, well, they'll get to a certain peak and then we'll just stop them there because we all want what we try to build to, to be sustained. And yes. not, when Ron retires, sophomores so can't make it. I mean, you, that's never been your goal, and that's not my here. So, I think to your question, Ali, is uh, uh, one thing I think as a leader, I need to do a better job is communicating. And you really work hard to help me do that. How we communicate. And, Ryan, you didn't talk about communication, but in the early uh, roundtables we had, leaders talked a lot about communicating. And we were specifically looking at when the pandemic hit. What were the first things you did? And virtually every leader we talked with was, they needed to communicate. They needed to make sure their people were safe. So I got off topic there a little bit, Allie. No, but
0: let's talk about a little bit about communication because, Ron, I don't know how your office is, if everybody's back, if you're full on, but, you know, everybody feels a little bit disconnected um and again we're kind of in a bubble here because everything all of our restaurants are open and things like that that's not how it is across the United States so so can we talk a little bit about communication and how can we um from from your experience at this point how can we you know lessen the gap of feeling disjointed as employees specifically? What do you think? Well,
2: communication is extremely important, but along with communication, and we, we, we touched on this, is listening, listening to your people. And I'm gonna circle back around the culture, don't let me forget to talk about that, because that is very important to me. Uh, and, and, and this kind of dovetails into it. Communication is important, uh, and in this world where people are working from home, uh, the frequency of communication, I believe, has to increase. Um, but it can get to the point where you're doing a video conference once, twice, three times a week with folks to try to get uh, to try to get information to them and, and make them feel connected. But really, what you need to do. Just give them some mechanism to communicate back on, on, on how they feel, mm. what 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 they're feeling, um, what are their needs. You know, a lot of people probably have need for human contact because you know you're just you're just working away in, in your little office, and if you happen to be a person who's single, you're just working away in your office. You never interact with people, and, and you, you miss that. That, uh, that human contact that we mm-hmm. seem to have put on the shelf here for yeah. the last few months. Yeah. But, you know, along with the frequency of communication, which needed to increase as a result of moving out, so did the frequency of listening, giving people a forum to communicate back and forth with not only management, but also each other. So. Uh, That has been a major challenge and I think will be a major challenge going forward because our world has changed and we will continue to work remotely to a great extent. Our office is open and uh, people are uh, uh, allowed to come back in and and work in their office and uh, we have a mixed bag. We have Mm. some folks who went out uh, to their home and worked remotely primarily and came to the office when needed uh, and now that's kind of flip-flopped to a lot of people coming back in the office and working from home when needed. Huh. So it, it's a mixed bag and I think we're going to continue to see that mixed bag and more people working remotely, maybe not every day, uh, they can now fulfill that need for face-to-face communication and human contact and so forth so on by like, coming to the office. But I, I still think that um, communication is, is a two-way street. You've got to listen. You've got to listen to the people who are uh, making the factory run, if you mm-hmm. look at it from that perspective.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: And, and, you know, and that this kind of fits in, into culture. What's your culture? Uh, I learned early on uh, in, in my time in management here that you really needed to define your culture. Determine what you want the place to be about. What do you want your company, your firm to be about? What are the core values as, as a company? Uh, define uh, what you're doing for, for clients and how you're doing it and what the kind of code of conduct is. Uh, how are you going to treat people? So really spend some time as an organization determining those things. And when the group not just the head of the firm, but the group determines the, the values and 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 uh, the uh, well i am just say the culture, the whole bottle of wax, mm-hmm. The group determines what that is. They they're gonna be more willing to live that culture. Mm-hmm. And when you get that established within the firm and I used to go into Staff meetings, and I would uh, I'd say, okay, here's twenty dollars. Put it on the table. Who can name our core values, or who can name X that comes into our into our culture? And if they can name, if they can repeat it without looking, uh, they get the twenty (laughs) dollars. You'd have to use fifty now. (laughs) Inflation, (laughs) Uh, but eventually, as Time goes by, and you keep reinforcing those values. You know, old, old, wax of culture. It becomes integrated into your organization, and it really helps in decision making. You know, if if you're willing to put up with uh, someone who walks the halls and rants and raves uh, and disturbs everyone and just makes everyone scatter, if you're willing to put up with that, you know, you you, if you merge someone in to your firm, and that's that's there that's their mode of operation. You know, how's that going to fit with your culture? Hmm. So it makes decisions easier. You you, you get to know uh, someone that, that is a candidate, or a firm that is a candidate, you see how they operate, and how they uh, treat their employees. You compare that to what you have, and what you've defined as your culture as a group. You can, you can make a merger decision in a short time.
0: yeah.
2: You don't have to waste a lot of time digging into the numbers or, you know, analyzing documents. You have that initial test that will pass, move on. Yeah. Um, uh, so it, it makes decision-making a lot easier. Um,
0: so you know. you're pulling together a lot of things that we teach in business strategic planning, the core values, the mission statement, always revisit it. It doesn't come from the leader. you need to have it come from everybody and, and by the way, we're gonna start looking at that in the college of business, right Rick. Right? Um, but it be, because it's business. so what as you were saying this and I just I, I was thinking this as you were saying this, did you always know that you wanted to be, A leader. Did you always know you wanted to be in charge? No. No.
2: My 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 goal was not to be in charge. (laughs) My goal was just to be a successful CPA in practice and I didn't really have, you know, aspirations of being of being the leader of the firm. Um, certainly not at age thirty six. I was elected president of the firm at age thirty six. I I felt like that. I was not ready for that
0: challenge.
2: Didn't particularly understand why I was put in that role. But I spent a lot of time trying to figure
0: it out. Well, that was just last year, though, wasn't it? (laughs)
2: Thank you, yes. (laughs) Okay.
0: Just checking. And, you know, I'm I'm interested to throw that over to Rick as well. Did you always want to, because some people do, did you always... Did you see yourself being a leader?
1: Allie, I, I, I like to think I always wanted to be a team player. And I think that's part of being leaders. You have to be a team team player, right? it's climb, climb up. but I, I think early on, uh, in practicing law, I didn't think I could do it necessarily better than the managing partners that i practiced with, for example, but I thought given a chance, I wouldn't mind stepping in and uh, I thought I had the patience to listen to other folks and some of the leaders uh, I first started practicing with, it was their way or the highway mm-hmm. and they were listening and they didn't consider change or any adaption. So I think maybe I started wanting to be a, a leader fair, fairly early on and I, I hesitate to so, say because I wouldn't want anyone to think did that because I thought I was would be better than they were, but I just thought my style may allow us to accomplish some things collectively as a firm um, that we weren't necessarily doing. We would have a lot of people leave, they would take clients. And Ron, lawyers are, uh, they're more like marriages than CPA firms, you will be a lot more stable than lawyers. You've represented lawyers, so I think you know what I'm talking about, but uh, a lot of times firms will have a long lasting, long standing name, but have had a lot of reiterations of that as people would pull out and I think many times it's because someone thinks I maybe wouldn't be a better leader but it might be a better place to work Mm. um, with what I could bring so Mm. I would say early on in my career uh, after I made partner I started thinking that it may be as much fun to be a manager of the firm and help direct where we went as a law practice and those sorts of things. That would be to be the, the trial gun or this or that. Um, so I don't
2: know if that answers your, answer your question. Rick, you you, you touched on something uh, very important. You said you were a, always just wanted to be a team player, and that's that was my view of my role for many many, you know, many years to come. Firm uh, was to help people. Um, you know uh, help help in that decision making process and just be, be a resource and asset not a not not the managed partner particularly um, you know, if I if ever had the ball that I would be a managed partner it would have been in the last few years of my career uh, where I was just simply you know at age 55 or something
0: like that or 60 I would maybe <laughs> Service man, part of for a couple of
2: years, but never at age thirty six.
0: So, if you, Ron, would tell your age thirty six self a little pearl of wisdom, I love using that pearl of wisdom. What would you tell your thirty six year old self? What pearl of wisdom have you learned? Show more confidence.
2: Mm-hmm. Uh, be more aggressive in uh, in going after. Um, different ideas and concepts, but I think it took me a while to gain the confidence I needed to have in the the role, and I had some good people that came along and mentored me. Uh, Some were consultants, uh, but others were just members of our association. And, uh, you know, I I had an issue I needed to call for assistance, and that that gave me a lot of time.
0: Rick, what would what would you tell your younger self a little pearl of wisdom if you could look back?
1: gosh, Ron did such a great job of that, but I I would I would say to to be confident in your decisions and not second guess yourself even when people are beginning to follow you. Uh, early on, it's easy to lack a little confidence from because when people senior to you and more experience seem to be going along, I think human nature is is this a trap? <laughs> are they just being nice? And so I think um, to keep your own counsel sometimes instead of trying to make sure you please everyone and that everyone tells you that, but to be open to listening to them. So, um, I think that would be, uh, have confidence in yourself, but never, you and I have this conversation. Uh, I expect the people that work with me to be very quick to uh, tell me when they agree or disagree or have a different thought, a different avenue we can take. So I tell a 36 year old, you don't know everything. And so listen, but, but do have faith that you were put in that position because people that had a lot of experience and knew you uh, thought you were there. So don't don't overlook that. Don't lose your confidence. I, I like the way Ron's answer was really wonderful. So, and he's had a life well lived as, uh, in that firm. Um, their largest, I uh, think, firm headquartered in Florida now. Um,
2: yeah, I think so. Yeah.
0: I would say keep learning so that's my thing is it kind of goes with saying, you know, but keep learning. Keep striving. Why are you, why are you laughing, Rick? Well, you
2: are, you are exactly right. That's the correct answer, too. I mean, lifetime learning is extremely important. And if you get to the point where you think you know all the answers, you've got a problem. Yeah. <laughs> you know? um, you, there's always something new to learn. Um, yeah.
0: Yeah.
1: So good answer. You don't need a team to have all the answers. I was laughing <laughs> Early on. Uh, I was talking with Allie, and I was trying to drive go to the post office have a meeting, <laughs> and she called on me for on, on, on a uh, it wasn't a Zoom call then, but and uh, I think I finally admitted I don't have a clue what we're talking about, <laughs> and you in the blue. and so I was kind of laughing about that.
0: Oh yeah, because that was on one of our roundtables. That was that was like when we were like this one um, that we were talking to all all of the leaders. And I was just reaching out, you know, to my my leader, and and, he, and here he was picking up. But here here's the thing, though. What you're missing is he was picking up the mail for the College of Business. That's what he was doing. So the dean is over there. Picking up during COVID when nobody, you know, Rick was over. So that's what you missed, Rick, is that you're picking up and trying to do. And, you know, nobody knows what was going on behind the scenes. So
1: I have to share with you, when I walked in and I was distracted, I don't think anyone picked up after the pandemic. We probably hadn't picked up our mail in a few weeks, um, maybe a couple of weeks or longer. There were several boxes and I went in. Uh, one of the postal workers said, hey, you're the head man over there, aren't you? And I said, well, I'm the dean. And he said, well, doc, welcome, welcome to the real world. I come to work. So I, I really appreciated his attitude. He said, let me carry, you're, you're the dean, let me carry this to your car for you. And I think having a little fun that it was the dean,
2: and, and it was hard figuring out where to get the mail, i be, be honest with you. Well, <laughs> oh, Rick, you know, that speaks volumes. The fact that you're Dean, and you could have sent someone else, but you didn't hesitate to get your hands dirty Mm and do whatever tasks needed to be done uh, to um, make it successful, like the workplace successful. So I think that speaks volumes, Mm -hmm. you character, your willingness to, to do whatever needs to be done as part of the team to make things happen. That's extremely important, and that's a small thing. That you really shouldn't be doing but <laughs> but still there's a
0: message in that yeah and that was really at the time where we were not on campus and it was all of that but yeah i called them out and didn't realize i called them out i would have never called them out but i covered i See, probably that, covered it up okay. been, i
1: remember people couldn't come to campus early in the pandemic so i had to have them to come and i oh, was right. worried about the mail and that was one of the things that i knew there might be some important mail because we had when you just shut down, I mean, we've had hurricanes. You have had this when, when you least expect that y'all have to pull the plug and just hope every you, you get prepared the best you can uh, to, to show that you're to have continuity of business when the department opens back But I really was just trying to make sure if there was something important that I could get it and try to get it to be clinched hard. So, uh, <laughs> But I, I was. I was trying to
0: do two things, and Allie called me out, and I did not have to cool. <laughs> I'm good at that. But I'm also good at covering up, because I probably, you know, didn't say anything. Anyhow, we're getting off topic, and it is kind of funny to r- reminisce about it. So I think we're out of time. Rick, what is one thing? Let me call him out again. Uh, okay. what, is, what-, <laughs> what is one thing that you would like to ask Ron
1: well, Ron, this this is very personal, but uh, are you really ready to retire?
2: Uh, the answer is yes. The answer is yes. I am ready to retire. Um, I have uh, tur- turned over clients to other people, and um, I'm uh, working uh, four days a week now. And uh, yes, I-, I think I'm ready to go. I have a- I have a lot of hobbies and. grandchildren things like that I I think I will uh, I think I'll enjoy life I've been working told somebody the other day I've been working since I was 12 years old (laughs) I'm wearing out (laughs) but uh, yeah I'm I'm ready I I think people people have a feeling when it's time I think I'm there
0: yeah
2: you have a lovely family I've
1: had the pleasure of sitting with you and your wife at UWF events and I know that y'all will enjoy your family and your time, and, and I would be remiss. This is off topic, but one thing Ali likes to do with these is say we're building a like a time capsule of what happened. And I think I'd be remiss. You and I have a fellow Rotarian. There's been a lot to this town that passed away this morning. Yes, uh, I think that for prosperity sake, we ought to say uh, that we appreciate what Mr. are did for this community. That was a huge loss. Thank Absolutely.
2: You. If there was ever a, an example of uh, what someone should do to participate in the community, to be valuable to the community, and to give back to the community, just look at Terry that That's a, just a fine example. A good man. Absolutely.
0: Thanks for bringing that uh-huh. out
1: enjoy your retirement. Uh, I hope you won't be offended and if we don't think you're fully retired that you could still help us out some with different things we do and when we call.
2: So I, intend, I intend to be uh, fully engaged in the community I think I still have a lot back um, and intend to continue doing a number of uh, things in the community so a free call.
0: And- thank you once again the spirit in the bow tie is showing through and through so so we do appreciate that thank you again for your time i just i i i don't really like using the word humble but I am humble to be in the presence of the two of you so I appreciate all the insights and I hope everybody learns from them and um, and we just do better and we're kinder when we do better in our culture so thank you both for that.